0: to another episode of the streaking the La lawn podcast once again my name is pierce and once again i've got zach with me today hello zach how are you good uh That's good
1: some you know beautiful charlottesville weather today
0: it's march it's basketball season the who's uh you know they let us down as far as the ncaa tournament goes but they have joined the win column once again in the NIT, so that's what we're here to talk about, of course. We could talk a little brackets if you felt like it, of course, but uh, lots of fun spring sports on grounds as well, but if you're tuning in, uh, you're probably here to listen about the men's basketball team, and, um, you know, it's been a little bit uh, through the ACC tournament. uh, We had a a disappointing uh, win (laughs) and a very disappointing uh, blowout loss to Carolina to sort of uh, Barry, Virginia's NCAA tournament hopes. So we talk a little bit about that, but, um, you know, I'd rather talk about, uh, the win against, uh, Mississippi State, Garrison Brooks, and, uh, now fired coach Ben Holland, <laughs> uh, as the second team, um, to fire their coach after losing to Virginia this season. Uh, Virginia, of course, is in the NIT unseated, which was very strange to me. Um, I mean, just look at the conference records, uh, between those two teams who played last night, but got to, of course, to host a game because Mississippi state's arena is under construction. Anyway, uh, the who's, uh, you know, not, 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 not the most comfortable win, but a game that seemed like they were going to win, uh, through from, from start to finish really, and looked a little more like, uh, themselves, yeah. I should say the good version of themselves. If <laughs> if we saw the bad version in Brooklyn, um, you know, Zach, tell me a little bit about last night's game and I guess just the positive aspects that um, we were disappointed by in Brooklyn. What, what has Virginia been able to hopefully turn around a little bit, maybe make a fun run to uh, the NIT final four, which of course in, in Madison square garden.
1: I mean, I think, especially in the first half, the defense was really on it. I think
0: mm-hmm.
1: like three or four backcourt violations in the first five minutes. <laughs> Not that that's necessarily a sign of a defense is playing well, but like they, they forced, uh, well, four, Mississippi State had 14 turnovers on the game, nine in the first half, um, and only held on I think 19 in, in the first. I mean, obviously they, Mississippi State got going. Man, I can't talk today. Mississippi <laughs> got going um, in the second half, but it felt like just the defense was a little bit more Um, alive perhaps than the UNC game but also probably I was more aware of that because we actually made a couple of shots offensively so I wasn't
0: that's true that's true
1: and Jane Gardner in the first half um, Mississippi State did a a good job denying him the ball um, especially in the mid-range and then we saw in the second half I mean he got going he had his own 8-0 run like 10 to 2 run uh, from like 13 minute mark to to the nine minute mark Mm -hmm. Really just got this offense going and then I think that um reese and kihei were really really on it um you know you know reese got going in the second half scoring the ball a little bit um and kihei was was mostly shooting from the foul line he didn't have many buckets but he had nine assists reese had six I think reese had four steals like those guys did a good job managing that game Mm -hmm. and you know it's the oldest cliche in the book like guard play and tournament play is absolutely critical and while you would say, you know, this backcourt has struggled at times this, this season for an NIT, this backcourt is is pretty solid, you know. I mean, scale <laughs> it down a notch. No, they're not hitting step back threes to win the game. But I mean, not that I mean Kia said that a couple of times, but mm-hmm. the guy tied Jerome. But but in the NIT, like they're pretty solid for like a starting backcourt. Um, we saw uh, Cody Statman gives some good first half minutes, and then uh, Tony said that he couldn't go in the second half. He got hit in the face at one point.
0: Um, oh, okay, so it was that collision with the uh, Mississippi State guy. Yeah, it looked looked bad. Was
1: yeah. I mean, Tony didn't actually say, and and, and I hadn't heard anything. Um, but that's also why Tane Murray got some second half run. It sounds like Tane uh,
0: looked good, man.
1: I know. I mean, I I, I like for once, like was like predicted like I said like just throw Tane in to like shoot you know what I mean yeah. not I won three and missed it but the energy that he gave mm-hmm. and also it's just I mean obviously he's not handling the ball he's not doing much mostly just running around the court and providing some spacing but he just gives you a little bit more physicality and oomph than I think Cody does and Cody was fine like Cody uh, you know he had a turnover but but four points um, sort of gave us some life offensively early. And obviously Kafara was was huge in the first mm-hmm. half. Finished with, with the eight points he scored in the first. But um, you know, he he gave us some some touches and it was surprising getting contributions from those two guys. Not that Poppy's been fine this year, but those two guys in particular, um, Poppy and Cody have also, you know, obviously gotten some um, some hate over time, and especially Cody. But it was nice to see them actually get bench contributions. Mm-hmm. You know, Armand hit a, a three or two, I believe, which was just yeah, uh, two threes, two for five. I mean, we were two for 12 from three, but like Ugh. literally just anything, you know, it's just huge. I mean, Mississippi State was four for 13. There were no threes in the first half. So,
0: yeah,
1: those ugly games and, and we're going to have another fairly ugly game uh, on Sunday. But um, we did enough like that.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, you, you know, one of those first points you said Kihei and Reese are really going to be a dynamic thing to face in this tournament. If you're a fellow NIT team. And I know that includes Wake Forest who obviously handled uh, Virginia uh, in Charlottesville earlier this season, but those who play defense and, and steady a game offensively, um, probably as, as, as well as any team, any of these teams have faced, you know, in in the backcourt so uh that's definitely a strength for the who's and and a strength in tournament ball whatever tournament it's going to be you know relying on on steady composed uh, ball handlers there so bodes well for their chances um i know there's been a lot of jokes already uh about the slow play pace that uh north texas plays uh, so that's their next matchup on Sunday, I believe. And uh, the two literal slowest offensive tempo teams in the country playing each other, a thing of beauty is, is in store for those of us who can find a way to watch whatever ESPN plus is. <laughs> yeah. I,
1: I mean, yeah, but I think at the end of the day, like there, there was just like he, he, and Reese were the two uh, guys they put in for the post game pressers hmm and Tony said this early. He was like, "This was an important win statement. Win not for the media, not for our, our na- ourselves on the national stage, but just for this locker room. Was
0: yeah.
1: A- this was an important win because going out after that UNC game and even that Louisville game and obviously mm-hmm. state game before that. Like you know, obviously that wasn't the last regular season game, but just giving them, giving UVA fans, giving the team something to be confident about,
0: mm-hmm. and also."
1: even said so, like I'm just happy to be playing more basketball
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: like, like someone asked him like oh you know you played in the NCAA tournament are you excited to play in the NIT tournament and he just said like I just want to keep playing
0: yeah
1: I'll come back next year and this is all going to be mute but <laughs> you know, it, it's there was but- just like a a fun vibe
0: yeah yeah it's easy to see that this is a team that's gonna show up you know energy wise and care wise about playing and i mean that makes sense like you let to play basketball get to play in another tournament let's do it like uh, obviously they're a well-coached squad and and all the pillars and etc you know i don't think anyone was worried about uva caring or being too big for Uh, for the little old nit so you know hopefully they they keep playing and keep giving us something to root for and talk about um but it does make you want to talk about next year um i know you know we've we've already had coach bennett be asked are you going to take this as an opportunity to play some of the youth like you've talked about zach and i mean he flat said no really you know tain got in because of a injury right but I don't know. May, maybe there's still moments here and there where, where it works out that way.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that, that would be nice. I think, you know, I, I titled my uh, ESPN bracket this year, Play Igor. Uh, <laughs> it would be nice to just like see them get some spot minutes here and there. I think Tane is the perfect guy to do that for just because he's not going to make a lot of mistakes. Like, he, he, he's not going to
0: mm-hmm.
1: detriment, you know, um, whereas, you know, Pencil Igor could get burned defensively, but or, or Carson.
0: Um, Tim's just so steady. I just, yeah.
1: yeah, you, you just, you feel like you can, he's a big guard can guard a couple different types of players. That's nice. Um, you know, and, and, another thing that, and this goes back to you saying that, you know, this team showing up, if you think about Kihei, and obviously this is for a lot of guys, this is his first non COVID affected postseason since the national championship. Right? <laughs> yeah like, if you think about um, obviously 2020 and then last year with the COVID case in the ACC tournament,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I still consider that first round loss a wash after mm-hmm. they quarantined for five days and then flew to wherever to play Ohio. Um, so like there has to just be like a refreshing element to like, okay, we, you know, obviously COVID is still a thing, but we're actually playing basketball. Whatever. A little
0: more normal, a little more fun. Yeah. yeah. And
1: the atmosphere yesterday in the, in, in JPJ was awesome. I mean, yes. it was, It was mostly just lower bowl and then a scattering of people um, in the upper bowl. But, you know, it was like 10 bucks for a lower bowl ticket. And obviously it's going to be people going to that game are going to be people that are more, I don't want to say diehard, but like, you know, whatever, they're more interested rather than just going to see basketball because it's an IT or whatever. But, um, and it was fun. And it was like, there were a lot of kids like down Mm -hmm. low rather than not to diss anybody, but just there's more energy sort of
0: understandable diss for you know anyone who goes sees that half of the expensive seats are are filled for even most of the acc games so yeah you can you can diss the season ticket holders who don't show up who i'm sure are the ones who are you know rabid fans listening to this podcast but i digress
1: so i mean it's nice to have like four days off before north texas Mm -hmm. Uh, that would be encouraging i mean I, you know, I, I don't think obviously Tony is not, and I don't think he was ever going to like roll out a new, like 11 man rotation.
0: To like, of course, of course.
1: Transfer or anything like that. I also, again, this is not from information. I don't think you have to be worried about Tane and Igor transferring necessarily. And I don't, I, I literally know sources on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I feel like those two are guys that are going to, like, I, I feel like that those guys are going to be safe. Um, maybe I'm wrong, maybe we lose on Sunday and then Monday morning. Right. You know, but just from like, I feel like those guys, they're both raw talents. Like they're both overseas guys. If you look at the history of overseas guys that have like, especially, you know, like Kafaro redshirted, Cody barely played, didn't play in the national champ, which is, was the national championship year, which was his first year. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's what happens when you have three hours of class in the morning and then do a
0: podcast. <laughs> It's hard doing podcasts and college coursework, man. I get it. But no, I think you're right and neither neither is showing up uh, to grounds as like any sort of expectation for for their freshman playing time, I'm sure. So hobby, but
1: like Jack yeah, yeah. all these guys that have come from overseas, Momity even obviously like these guys generally take a year or two and that's just typical the management I and they should have they didn't know that coming in. They know
0: that. Yeah, for sure. And they seem like guys who are talented enough to contribute down the road. Um, you know, it's going to get crowded at that wing position for sure. Uh, but Igor brings something that's hard to replicate physically too. So um, I, I think he's even more set for a long career, but you know, guys leave for reasons that aren't playing time too. So who knows? Yeah.
1: I mean, there's there things going on that we don't know.
0: about. Yeah, yeah. So it does, you know, steer this conversation well towards looking towards the future, everybody is probably at this point pretty familiar with the recruiting class of freshmen coming in, but assuming Kihei doesn't come back, which seems like a fair assumption based from the senior day, based from uh, any sort of you know rumblings and whatnot, obviously could change his mind um, or the staff could change their mind, who knows where, where the decision really falls there. But we're, for the sake of argument, we're gonna go with that as the assumption. Um, it's fair to say that that they're they're going to look to bring in another point guard or you know another combo guard at least someone they feel comfortable uh, handling the ball because a Reese can't play forty minutes a game every game of course but b Bennett likes doing that anyway you know having two on the floor at the same time so I wonder where those answers are going to come from because um, it's unlikely to be a freshman so. Uh, a larger pool of potential transfers is a is a, at this point a great unknown. I know there've been a few things out there. I saw what a North Dakota or North Dakota State guy, um, you know, on the Twitters this week. I think another Ivy League guard on the Twitters that, that had some connections.
1: Yeah. There's, you know, everything right now in terms of um, transfers is so preliminary. Like there's, I, yeah like UVA is going to be talking to every good guard transfer that, that they feel like is, is, could, could help them next year. And you're right. Like with, with uh, Kihei gone, and frankly with Armand not necessarily living up to expectations, I would say that is definitely like a point of emphasis too. If Armand had come in and been this 13 point per game scorer who was shooting 37 or 8% from three mm-hmm. and plays off the dribble, which I thought he was going to be, this is a little bit of a different conversation. This is just get a depth Nigel Johnson type of guy. Just <laughs> um, You're likely looking for a little bit more now because you know, Bennett is obviously a win-now guy. He's not going to say, no, I'm not going to bring in a transfer so I can play Isaac McNeely and Ryan Dunn. He's going to try and build a team next year that's going to win games. Um, the Princeton guy, I think it was Jalen Llewellyn. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: He's going to be probably one of the, the better uh, transfers just on the market, um, and then yeah, I think that the North State, North uh, Dakota State guy was like a 6'6 guard. Um, I could be could be wrong on that, but like sort of combo type, they can they can uh, handle the ball a little bit
0: and a shooter. Yeah.
1: So, but everything is preliminary. There was obviously there was a, a tweet about a, a 2022 point guard. Um, again, don't buy things at this moment in time. Yeah. Recruiting. A lot of it is just like, and it's not Tony Bennett. That that's another important thing. <laughs> Tony is involved. It's not Tony Bennett.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: just the assistance. But for a recruit to come to Virginia, Tony Bennett has to sign off, and his he gives his assistants the freedom to go and talk to people and and obviously like recruit guys. Um, but at this at this point in the recruiting stage in March, with the season still going on don't like believe any interest to actually be an offer or really actual significant interest. It's just reaching right. out, checking all the boxes, making sure that if, you know, something were to happen, that they, they have some, some sort of, they have their foot in the door. Um, but yeah, they're going to need a, a guard transfer. Um, you know, they, they, they were talking to um, uh, Jalen Ganey. I think that the Ivy uh, defensive player that you're out of Brown. Mm. Uh, I, I don't think that's, I don't think they're looking for a big transfer necessarily, because if you're assuming that Jane Gardner is coming back after not having a senior day thing, again, things can change, but they're likely going to be set in the front court unless they're thinking that, you know, Shedrick is going to randomly transfer out right, or, right, right. or how to change a heart and all of a sudden is playing defense and somebody in the NBA is like, we're going to take a shot on you in the second round, which again, is <laughs> um, they're likely set in the front court. And then it just, the next stage is just 2023 recruiting. And like that's right. step to the future. So it's probably looking for that one guard transfer um, and then and then focusing on 2023.
0: Yeah, and any of those guys coming in as first years have the potential to play significantly, of course. They don't feel that answer that we're talking about right now, but that doesn't mean there isn't room for... I think McNeely's going to get the most chatter because he's such a great shooter and, and that's been such a big need Um, but Isaac Trout might be the best player in this class Yeah, and might be the best player Tony Bennett's brought in yeah I I mean I know that's huge I know there are a lot of real there dudes in the NBA right now who Tony has brought in we had a lottery pick I know I know I know Isaac Trout could be up there that good as a player so
1: he is coming in and the ceiling that you see, DeAndre Hunter was always had a, a good ceiling. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone said he was going to be the fourth overall pick.
0: Right, right, right. He,
1: I mean, he redshirted for God's sake. Like, not you know, that, that's a bench system, and it, and it worked out. But um, Trout, yeah, an incredibly high ceiling. It's six ten, and he can do things with the ball. Um, I'm honestly amazed. Like, I know rankings, recruiting rankings are are not all that, but <laughs> he flown up those a little bit. Um, Regardless, I mean, I think Bond is likely going to redshirt. Um, I believe that that was the the message given to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, which would mean, you know, he'd sort of be more the 2023 group or maybe that changes, um, obviously, with transferring stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, McNeely could could be giving you guard depth. He's going to be able to play defense. He knows the system. He's played in it his entire high school career at Polka.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. Their head coach literally came to Charlotte to and has modeled their team's uh Scheme. gotcha 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 yeah the pack line B, so he knows exactly what he's doing the virginia mm-hmm. system quite to the extent or to the intensity but um he's been there done that so so that you know that's an exciting group and then it sort of comes down to getting a point guard in 2023 um and finding a big man and then probably the next best player they can get i believe that would probably be sort of the um the approach for 2023
0: all right well a little bit more about the mean green of north texas we already of course let you know how slow they play they play slow so slow um that they lost in their conference tournament to louisiana tech 42 to 36 ugh but uh they've only lost twice at home all year um they lost uh to kansas by 12 on the road um they lost by only six to miami early early in the year and a loss by three to Buffalo early in the year other than that it was um, you know a two-point loss to UTEP like this is a team that hasn't lost much and Mm -hmm. won their uh, Conference USA West standings there too so um, first in their you know conference division really good at home uh, plays uh, a style that fits Virginia's but means that You know, just like when Virginia plays, every possession is going to be pretty critical uh, in converting offensively. And uh, we know what an Achilles heel uh, scoring droughts have been for the Hoos. So the stats right now favor North Texas easily. Um, So don't be surprised if the Hoos season ends this weekend. Uh, however, I think there's reasons to be optimistic that an ACC team that plays a style of play that you know, uh, you're know you trying to run out there could be a bad matchup for North Texas.
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing like North, Te- North Texas also has shooters. I mean, they have mm-hmm. like, uh, Tyler Perry, 41%, um, and Mardrez McBride, um, like 39%. So, I mean, they have guys that they can hit shots and uva i would say doesn't necessarily <laughs> that, that that's going to be their backcourt that you know that reason key are going to be you know tasked with uh shutting down so i mean that's the thing like in a slow paced game with possessions mattering all that much more points obviously value is increased and in that sense three pointers are far more valuable and when you you know one team get hit shots if one can't um that's something that's nerve-wracking and as you said mm-hmm. you know, going to be good at home and and uh it's quite a trek. fortunately as I said I mean there's like what a four-day uh break you know before that game so so that'll be better than sort of the two-day jump or the one Mm -hmm. day, um you know in in NCAA and ACC yeah yeah um but yeah I mean they're they're gonna like we we are gonna be if you have to say like UVA is the slow-paced team in college basketball right at the end of the day Tony Bennett it's this is Tony Bennett's type of ball game. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that in terms of like talent, like, and and, and like, we have talent for this tournament,
0: mm-hmm. like,
1: we have the guys. Like, I'm not saying like we beat Duke, you know, like, <laughs> we can very easily beat any team in this tournament. That said, we can also, it's the old cliche, lose to any team in this right. tournament. So and, I Emmy mean, Tony was even saying, like, on, on Monday, um, was like, you are both of those teams. Like, he told the team, like, you are both of those teams You just have to play like the better one, yeah. uh, simply. Um, so, I'm confident. Maybe I shouldn't be. I mean, I'm looking at, at Ken Palm right now. And Ken Palm has a five-point win for, uh, for North Texas. But 50-53, that's in high scoring. Uh <laughs> But I feel like if we play our basketball and maybe we could just knock down a couple of shots and, and, and Jaden is able to right. um, get to the rim, like I, I still am confident with this team going every game. And maybe that's just sort of like my blind bias. But
0: um, No, I think it's, it's a fair assessment. I think it's okay to be confident. Just don't be too angry or surprised if they lose fans. Oh. <laughs> All
1: that has left me. Yeah.
0: But, um, you know, it's more basketball. I'm excited. Hopefully everyone's still excited to keep following the team and, uh, we'll be able to run, uh, some more chatter about, you know, what to expect with transfers and things, uh, in the coming months. And, and hopefully, start next season, still plenty optimistic to, you know, compete for ACC title. I think it's a big question mark. You know, I know that's not a a huge limb to go out on, but there's a whole lot of like, we're going to reload and be fine next year talk out there. And that doesn't make any sense to me. I I love the recruiting class coming in. And I love, you know, hoping for the potential of uh, Beekman and Shudrick, et cetera, taking the next step. But um, this team was a, a thorough disappointment this year. And I don't, I can't imagine saying anything other than that. Yeah. And so hopefully the recruiting class coming in, particularly if they get another point guard as a transfer that we don't know about. I mean, this, this could be a team that that challenges for the ACC title, but um, it's not an easy assumption to just pencil them in for Virginia, top tier contender as usual. Uh, Cause if it was, you know, if it was a constant, then it would have happened this year, too. <laughs> and it didn't. So it's not a guarantee.
1: <laughs> I would say, like. Yeah, I, I, it's, I mean, I guess it's easy to say, like, oh, you know, the bounce, you know, there, there were a number of games that we should have won this year, Sure, probably four or five. At the end of the day, I mean, you lost the game. So I was going to come in and be a little bit more optimistic, and then I pulled up our schedule and was like, God, there's a lot of red on there. They Um, also
0: just looked crummy for so long in so many games, you know. They looked really good in some other spots too, of course. I'm just saying, like, you know, where did we start this a few months ago? Talking, we're talking, okay, maybe not going to beat Duke for the ACC title, but let's hope for a top four. And then that became, okay, well, Let's at, let's at least hope they're on the right side of the bubble. And you know, right. we saw how it went. Like this this year was a bit of a failure by our standards. And it's good that we have high standards as a basketball program. I'm just I'm just a little hesitant to immediately pencil us back into contention um, right. before we see, obviously, a lot of how the roster shakes out. But more importantly, how they play next year. Like I'm no matter what happens, I'm not going to be calling. You know we say this. Play the tape down the road in November. <laughs> what am I saying then? But uh, you know they got a lot of questions to answer. We won't know the answers to those questions until we see them play. No matter what happens with roster construction,
1: absolutely. And I mean, yeah, great. I think that uh, that that one guard is probably going to be critical. And yeah, you are going to need you are going to need a shopmaker. Like, I think that that is very very evident. And maybe that's Neely. Maybe he comes in and he's you know, cow guy on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> he can actually defend and is, you know, 140 pounds. Um, but they, yeah, they they need something more in that backcourt. Jaden will be good. So, I mean, he comes back. I mean, he's, he's settled in. And then, and yeah. he, if they can each take that one more step up.
0: They're gonna I mean, Jaden could be, you know, all ACC player of the year caliber type yeah. of dude like this. You know, I'm not saying they're going to, but... Oof. <laughs> there was a lot of bad basketball out there. This a year. There's a lot yeah.
1: of just as okay. there were this year. You know, yep. it's, yeah. it's, it's it's hard to know. I mean, I, I was far more confident in, in Armand this year. So
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's a guy who's perfectly capable of of settling in better as a shooter because we saw it at Indiana. So yeah, um, that's something else to to root for uh, for Virginia fans too. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, spring sports because some of these spring sports are crushing it. I know it's a winter sport, uh, but the Virginia women are uh, in, this, in the pool. The, the Virginia women's swimming team is looking to uh, repeat as national champs right now. They're breaking all kinds of records. Uh, Kate Douglas, I think, broke the American swimming <laughs> record in one of one of her prelims and uh, I think it was the 50 free. But anyway, one of the things she swims is um, uh, remarkable program, obviously. So be sure to follow them. Uh, but the lacrosse team, the men's lacrosse team is six and zero uh, with a couple of, uh, you know, those, those historical rivals uh, dispatched with pretty, pretty ease, pretty strong ease, pretty easy. ease In Syracuse and Hopkins. And then they, you know, they went down to Carolina and took care of business in a game that, Um, the first half was, was going back and forth, but, uh, they clearly looked the better team in the second half and they have an immense national championship rematch, uh, coming up this weekend against Maryland in, uh, in DC, I believe they're playing there. So, um, what have you seen lacrosse this year? Men's lacrosse at least.
1: I mean, it's been fun. Like like, it's been awesome. I think, uh, you know the Syracuse and Hopkins those those two teams suck. But like the, those those two wins were like because there was a time a couple of years ago where it was Syracuse Hopkins Virginia they're like the three eminent mm-hmm. best programs in college lacrosse. And There was a time where those teams were all kind of on the bubble of the edge of Lake tournament. Lars come, Lars Tiffany comes in obviously revamps this program and it was just nice to see like okay yeah we are far beyond those two teams that are yeah. Uh, very much struggling right now. Obviously, Q says Gary Gate at the helm, um, likely the goat in, in all of the cross. But um, it's been fun, and I think that that Carolina win was um, big. I think that ACC plays is always competitive, and Carolina might be the second best team in the ACC um, with probably the second best player in college across in Chris mm-hmm. Ray, and Chris and we put our second best defender on him and Cole Kastner. Um, with the number one, uh, Kate Sostad um, out with a, I believe, a knee injury suffered in the in the Hopkins game. Um, he's, I think, it, Larry said this week that he's day to day, but like hadn't practiced. Gotcha. Yet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So he might be back, you know, against against Maryland. Um, but Cole Kastner held him to a goal and three assists, and that might sound like a lot, but he came in averaging nearly seven points. Um, uh, yeah, and that's four across is weird like that. Um, but. Uh, yeah, and then, and then Connor Schellenberger and Matt Moore, that sort of uh, – th- th- those two attack when I mean, probably two of the best players in the country went off. Yep. Connor is making uh, – you know, staking his claim as the best player in lacrosse as a, uh, you know, a redshirt sophomore. Um, had seven seven points, four goals, three assists against against UNC, um, while Matt Moore uh, showed us a little bit of his left hand for the first time, really, I think, ever with assists. <laughs> Um, and just like this offense is insane, like it's, mm-hmm. it's better than last year's comfortably, and that's saying something. And, you yeah, know, yeah, the weapons they have, um, Schellenberger at the helm while also being able to give it to more. And then they have the number one incoming freshman in the country playing out of position at midfield and Griffin shuts, and they have Xander yep. Dixon, like, and, and obviously Payne Cormier finishing at attack. Like, there, there aren't enough play, good defenders all on the field to guard yep. how good offensive players you be yep. have. From they all are all the way down from one to the start right. and then into the depth. Like they, they don't, they're just better. They're going to yeah. be better than every single defense that they play.
0: Yeah. No, the roster is loaded. I mean, they, you know, this team is going to be challenging for a three-peat. Um, the the Maryland game, of course, is number one, number two, so it's huge. Uh, but the next, uh, weekend, the 26th, uh, the Who's host Notre Dame uh, at Clockner. So if you haven't been yet, that's a good one to, to start your, uh, uh, in-person uh, home lacrosse game viewing, uh, you know, it's, it's getting warm Clockner in the spring. Doesn't get any better. So check them out on the 26 um, after you check them out on the television or in DC, if you're going, you, know, you might be listening in DC, go check them out at Audi field <laughs> against Maryland this weekend. Uh, the women's team, uh, you know, has lost a, a number of games all against top competition. I mean, we're talking, uh, close loss to Notre Dame, uh, losses to Princeton, Maryland, Boston College, and Syracuse. All these names sound familiar, right? Like these are some of the best teams in the country, which Virginia is usually up there. Um, they just quite haven't gotten that, like, say, split against the best teams. So they're four and five right now and 0 and three of the conference. So a little bit of down results. Um, but plenty uh, of, of games left to, you know, I, I'd say put themselves back hopefully in the conversation to compete in the ACC. You know, if you can get by Louisville, Duke and Virginia tech, um, then you're saying, okay, we're, we're, you know, where we should be even if we had some losses early on in the season, but so far uh, a little bit tough, tougher going than we are used to for the women's team. And of course the baseball team is just, just, dominating offensively and, and the pitching is going great too. It is early they you know, haven't, haven't had the the, 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 they haven't had the lacrosse teams, either lacrosse teams run of, of uh, competition uh, so to speak. Um, but, you know, only one loss in baseball this deep into the season and you're playing D one teams, you know, it's, it's pretty remarkable what they're doing. They're 16 and one um, there's, you know, dropping double digit runs in most of these games that they're going out and, and just hitting the ball out of the park, all over the park. Uh, go check out a baseball game for sure. Uh, and they host this weekend Boston College. So, a conference season here in Charlottesville for the baseball team. Spring sports, man. Good time of year. Yeah,
1: even softball's winning games. I'm yeah. Like, uh, 15 and 11. Um,
0: had New a- stadium, much yeah. fun
1: a grand slam walk-off or at least just a a walk-off it was uh, a
0: walk-off i don't think it was a grand slam unless i'm mistaken but yeah (laughs) i'm just confused it was a mercy rule walk-off they had against maryland too which um they do have that run differential rule in softball
1: Um, but yeah i mean spring sports i mean it's you know saturdays at at, you know what are they what are they calling the entire area now
0: the complex i don't know if it has a name Name? Okay, but like, I bet it does. I just don't know what it is.
1: <laughs> I think like sitting at the top of Clockner and being able to look over at um, you know Disharoon and then
0: mm-hmm.
1: there's a softball game going on. Which I don't know if they've been three at the same time, but um, it's been fun and you know it's it's nice to see you know baseball and lacrosse were both like a couple years ago both just a little bit off. You know, like mm-hmm. they've been, baseball had a couple years of I think they missed the tournament one year and lost their own home regional. Like there were just some some iffy years in there, and then lacrosse like missed the tournament a few times. Um, and and now you know I, I have not a great concept of where UVA is in the in the national stage. They're all over the rankings. Um, just I think got in, in D one baseball's top twenty five at nineteen this week. But um, you know I I feel like we got you know two teams to be rooting for well into to May and and I guess potentially June with the College World Series. So so that's gonna be uh, fun. That's Especially basketball was a bit disappointing in terms of national stage uh, implications
0: so yeah all right well uh thanks for tuning in folks and uh, obviously you can keep it uh on streakingalaw.com for uh, more thoughts about the spring sports and of course uh the men's basketball team headed to north texas this weekend uh for the nit second round game uh so we'll be back uh, to talk about how that goes and until then uh for everybody at the blog. That's Zach, I'm Pierce, go who's.